Our scripture reading this evening is Matthew chapter 8. We're reading uh, the first four verses. The account that uh, we have before us is also found in the Gospel of Mark. It's chapter 1, verses 40 through 45, and also found in Luke 5, verses 12 through 16. Tonight, however, we're going to look at it from uh, Matthew's perspective, Matthew chapter 8, and reading the first four verses. Um, In Matthew's gospel, the interesting thing is, um, he is, the, the person we're going to read about is the first individual who is healed. Now, there are other healings, but nothing, it, it's, it's said in a very general way. Matthew chapter 8 is the first individual where we're dealing with a single, solitary person who is healed by Jesus. And I think there is probably some significance in that, um, as he stands as a representative for all of us in that regard as individuals. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. When he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. Thus far, the reading of God's Word. Let's again bow in prayer. Father in heaven, we give thanks for this portion of your Word. And as we study the effects of sin through this leper, we just pray that we may see ourselves also in great need of healing through Jesus for our sins. And we just ask your blessing on Pastor Bob as he brings this Word to us, that you may have clarity of mind and that the Spirit may work in his heart to say just the right things, and pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Three things from this passage tonight, three main points. One, he is a man who knew his need, this man called leper. He is a man who knew his Savior, and he is a man who knew his cleansing. His need, his Savior, and his cleansing. The man knew his need. He was a leper. He knew it. So did everybody else. This wasn't a secret. This wasn't something kept in his own being. Everybody knew it. James Montgomery Boyce wrote uh, the following in regards to this particular need of this man. He said, in the ancient world, leprosy was the most terrible of all diseases. There was no medical treatment, and the disease caused the body to rot away, leading to an inevitable death. Most people considered lepers virtually dead already. Moreover, leprosy had social implications. It separated the victim from other human beings, since he or she had to go about calling out, unclean, unclean, to warn any who were near to keep away. No one dared touch a leper, 
In Israel, it was illegal even to greet a leper. Lepers were not allowed to share in the services of the synagogue or worship at the temple in Jerusalem. In fact, lepers were barred from Jerusalem as from all walled towns. William Barclay, who supplies these and other facts about lepers, says, There never has been any disease which so separated a man from his fellow men as leprosy did. Dr. Hendrickson, in his commentary on Matthew, writes about the fact that a leper affected all five of the senses. It's not that the leper was affected in all five. Probably they were, but his effect was all five. If you touched the skin of the lepers, you knew immediately that the person had leprosy. You could feel it. You could see it. You could see the effects. You could see the spots. You, you could see the indication. You could see the loss of fingers, the loss of toes, the loss of hands and of feet. You could smell it. I won't go into all the graphic details, but it talks about the stench of the deadness of skin as it rots away. You could smell a leper. There's even some indication from some of the commentaries of the fact you could smell them before you saw them or heard them. Dr. Hendrickson goes on to talk about the fact that the smell would be so strong, so pungent, that you could taste it. You've had that experience, haven't you? You've been, you've been driving somewhere, you're eating an apple, perhaps, and all of a sudden you go past that dead skunk, right? laying in the middle of the road, and it, it's just fresh, and it, oh, man, it just, and you take a bite of the apple, and you're going, this apple even tastes like skunk. That was the effect of a leper. That the smell of their rotting skin was so strong, it would be like a taste upon your mouth. And you would hear them. Unclean! unclean over and over and over again as people would come near. This man knew he was a leper. To what degree the leprosy had affected his body, we are not told. The Gospel of Matthew does not go into detail, nor really do any of the other Gospel accounts give us the detail. He knows, however, he is a leper. You say, well, of course he would. Yeah, of course he would. But you know, leprosy in the Bible is a picture for us of human sin. The leprosy that this man is dealing with and the, the effects of leprosy upon the body and upon relationships is the same as that which sin has. Sin rots us away to the core. We are indeed stinking sinners. Wretched sinners. And it's obvious. Except sometimes not to us, is it? Sometimes we are the ones who are the most unwilling to acknowledge our own leprous sin. Strange that would be, right? Think about, think about the situation. You're a leper. You're missing fingers, toes, and yet, what's the matter with you? I, I have no problem. I'm fine. I'm doing okay. 
How many people do we not know in life? But when we encounter them and when we speak to them about sin and being a sinner, they say, oh no, I'm okay. I'm not a sinner. And it's obvious. It's obvious. This man knew he was a sinner. Even as I trust each one of you, when you look in the mirror, you know you're looking at the face of a sinner. He knew it. He was a walking dead man, dealing with a disease that was incurable, dealing with a disease that was limiting in human contact, but also in the religious contact. Disease that was public. You know, I, I was thinking as I was writing this and I read what was in uh, Hendrickson's commentary about the smell, and I was thinking of the fact of, you know, how much we try to hide the fact that we stink. <laughs> you know, we, we spend millions, if not billions, of dollars in this nation on products to cover up our stench. There was no covering up this man's stench, just as there is no covering up the fact that we are sinners. He was a leper. And he knew he needed to be cleansed. He knew he needed to be made whole. He, needed, he knew he needed to be washed with a cleansing. Listen to him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. He doesn't ask, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me a rich man. What would his riches do with his leprosy? Think of Naaman. The leper of the Old Testament, the commander of the Syrian army. He's about ready to lose it all because of what? He has leprosy. What good is a commission in the Syrian army? What good are riches when you are a, a leper? He knew his need. He needed to be cleansed. He needed to be clean. Secondly, he is a man who knew his Savior. Lord, let's look, let's look at his words in verse 2. Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. But before I look at those words, look at where he is. He is on his knees. He is on his knees. And look at when he did this. When Jesus came down from the mountain, you know what he'd been doing? Been speaking. Speaking what? The Sermon on the Mount. Here is a man in need of cleansing because of his leprosy, but he waits. He doesn't interrupt Jesus' sermon. He doesn't push himself forward. This isn't arrogant pride. He humbly waits. The sermon is finished. Jesus is walking. He kneels. The kneeling as an act of worship. The kneeling as an act of obedience. The kneeling as an act of submission. Lord! Lord! Many commentators cry out, 
that this is not the cry of a man simply addressing, Sir, sir, this is a man who out of faith is addressing someone he knows is greater. Someone who is beyond the human. Someone to whom he must kneel. Someone to whom he must bow. Someone to whom he must give allegiance. Lord! The term that's actually used here is is in reference to someone who is exercising absolute ownership rights over another. See, that's what he's doing. He's saying to Jesus, you have absolute control of me. I am completely, fully in your hands. I am at your mercy. I am at your will. It's more than I am your servant. It it is a complete surrender of all that he is. He kneels before Jesus. We hear the first word from his mouth. Lord. A word of great faith. A word of great commitment. A word of great surrender. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now think of that statement. Think of the faith. As far as we know, this man has never met Jesus personally. It's most likely he has heard of Jesus. He has heard of what Jesus has already been doing and what Jesus has been involved in. But the healing of a leper? A person with an incurable disease? Why why would Jesus even bother to look at this man? Why would even Jesus bother to care about this man? And yet this man, in faith, says, you can cleanse. There is no doubt here. This is an open confession. This is an open acknowledgement. This is complete trust that Jesus can do that which is humanly impossible to do. There is no known cure of leprosy today, nor was there then. This could only be done by the miraculous. This could only be done by the divine. This man looks at this one coming down from the mountain, addresses him as Lord, as the one who has complete ownership of his life, and says, I know that you can cleanse me. I know that you can take away this rotting flesh. I know that you can make me whole again. You can restore me, body, soul. You can restore me to the fellowship of my family. You can restore me to the fellowship of my God. You can allow me to go back into walled cities. You can allow me to enter Jerusalem. You can allow me to go to the temple. You can make it possible for me to offer sacrifices again. You can make it possible for me to go home again. Lord, You can cleanse me. Oh, the faith of this man called leper. 
is on display for us in these words. And yet there is more, is there not, in his statement. Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. His understanding, his his grasp of theology, his grasp of the sovereignty of God. His grasp upon his humanity. Upon the fact that He can't demand anything of the Lord. He can't demand Jesus to do anything. He has no right. He has no standing. He has no place. Lord, if you are willing, if your will is such that you desire to cleanse me, I will be cleansed. Back it up again. Understand this picture that Matthew is giving us here as this individual. The first individual that we see in a healing of Jesus is a picture of each one of us as an individual standing before God. Here we are. Leprous with sin. False and full of sin am I. The hymn writer wrote. Paul told us in Roman that there is that there is no good that dwells within us. We stand before God as the leper. But we turn to him, Lord, if you are willing, you can cleanse me. Lord, the one to whom I submit, the one to whom I give my life, the one to whom I surrender. Lord, I have no right to demand my salvation. I have no right to demand glory. I have no right before you to demand forgiveness. There is nothing in my hands I bring that can cleanse me from my sin. There is no demand that I can make that can wash away my sin. Lord, it's only you. You're the only one who can cleanse me of my sin if you are willing. A humble petition, confession of repentance and of acknowledging Jesus alone is the one can cure just from leprosy but from sin that which separates us and alienates us from one another but even greater than that that which alienates us from almighty God and then look my friends at the beautiful response given this is a man who knew his cleansing And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. That verse used to trouble me greatly. You know why it troubled me? Because you weren't supposed to touch the leper. What is Jesus doing touching the leper? 
One commentator pointed out, but you see what happens is that the one with leprosy does not affect Jesus, but Jesus affects the leper. There is an immediate cleansing that comes upon this man so that as Jesus reaches out, this man is cleansed. This is the picture you see, brothers and sisters, of this fact, that he took on human flesh, yet he was without sin. He reached out and touched the leper. Jesus reached out and touched us by becoming one of us, yet sin was not a part of him. Sin did not touch him. There is nothing about him that was sinful, just like there is nothing about him that is now leprous. It's the divine Son of God. He reaches out and utters those beautiful words, I will. One commentator wrote of the fact that this is always Jesus' answer. This is always Jesus' answer to the repentant sinner who comes in confession and faith. To any sinner who turns to Jesus Christ and says, Lord, if you are willing, you can cleanse me. And Jesus always says, I will. I am willing. What an amazing statement that is, you see. Because, because we make a lot in the Gospel of John about those statements of Jesus, those I am's, right? I am the good shepherd, I am the light of the world, and so on. Oftentimes we forget this most beautiful, this most poignant picture of the I am. What is the I am? It's always willing to cleanse the sinner. See, this, is, this man who knew his cleansing, it's not because of the man. It's because it's the will of Jesus. The man's statement didn't heal the man. It wasn't that the man just had to say these magical words. Lord, if you are willing, I'll be clean. Hey, look at that. I said the words, I'm clean. No, it took the will of Jesus. Jesus is the one who is willing. Be clean. And the man immediately knew the power of Jesus. And immediately, immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. No more. Gone. To whatever condition, to whatever extent that leprosy had affected his hands, his feet, his body, it was gone. It was over. There was no more leprosy. Oh, there are still consequences of him being a leper. There are still things that need to be done, things that need to be happened. But the leprosy is gone. Just like you see when Jesus says, I am willing to you and I. I am willing to cleanse you. I am willing to wash away your sin. We are washed. We are cleansed immediately at that moment. In a flash, in an instant. Our sin is gone. Still consequences to what we've done? Oh, yes. The guilt, the condemnation is no longer there. But then we come to the fourth verse, which is the oddity of the passage, isn't it? 
there is a command that Jesus gives this man. He's uttered this beautiful statement, understanding his need, understanding it's only Jesus, understanding his great confession of faith, understanding the beauty of the compassion of Jesus, the desire of Jesus to cleanse, the power of Jesus to cleanse. But then comes that command. Verse 4, if you have your Bibles open. And Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded, for a proof to them. Why would Jesus tell this man to not speak? Why would you not speak? Why would you not tell of this? Why is this man to keep silent? Well, first of all, I'll point out to you that Jesus does not tell the man to never speak and to never talk about it. Jesus says there is something that needs to happen first. Make sure you take care of that before you go around speaking about this. That's one. Two, understand that this is pre-cross. This is before the finished work of Christ that we celebrate. There are still Old Testament rules and restrictions that need to be had. The veil is still in one piece, folks. The veil is not going to be rent until the death of Christ. And Christ is fully obedient, fully subservient to that law. So that which he gives to him, this command, is in full compliance with Old Testament law. That's one. But why else? You ever notice what happens when we get excited about something? We tend to forget what we were doing. Okay? Now, maybe it's just because of age, but seems like a few times I've been on my way to Myers. I see somebody in the gas station there at Myers gassing up, and I talk to him about something, excited about something going on, and then I forget, what, what was going to Myers for? What was that again? See, what might happen to this man? He might have the tendency to... Tell everybody and get excited. Go home. Hey, look, family, look, look. Hey, let's sit down and have supper. Uh, let, me, let me go back, talk to my boss, see if I can get my job back tomorrow morning. Uh, let's do this, let's do that. And forget all about the fact that he has a responsibility to go show the priest of his cleansing. Sometimes, you know, I'll put myself in this category. We're a lot more talk than we are walk. We talk a lot about the faith, but we don't necessarily live the faith. We don't necessarily demonstrate it and show it. See, if you stop to think about it, what does Jesus say? You go to the priest, you offer the sacrifice, you show them your cleansing. Don't tell people about your cleansing, show them about your cleansing. Make sure your life is in obedience to Christ. That's what he's telling this man. You've experienced a cleansing. Now live. Live in an obedient way, knowing that you have been cleansed. And you see, the fact that he comes to the priest, he shows his skin, Okay, they, they look at him, he brings the appropriate sacrifice, and now the priest is the one who can say to him, you're welcome back. Your skin condition is gone. 
The book of Leviticus, chapter after chapter, deals with these skin issues. I see that you're a healed man. As we live our lives in this week, let's pray that others see that we are healed people. They don't have to wait for us to tell them. Oh, it's okay for us to tell them. This man would have the freedom after he fulfilled the duties and obligations of the law. That's what takes away the constraint of do not speak to anyone. I think the implication for us is let's show us some other people this week. We are who we say we are. The glory, the honor of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Father, we come to you again this evening hour. Looking at this man, all we know him as is leper. That's all everybody knew him as. He's the leper. Except for Jesus. Jesus sees a son of the kingdom. Jesus sees a child of God. Jesus sees a joint heir of the kingdom. And he was willing to cleanse. Oh, Father, how we thank you. How we thank you that when you looked at us, you didn't just see a sinner. You saw one of your children. And you sent your son to die that we might be cleansed. May we live in a way that shows to other people that we are indeed cleansed from sin, washed by the blood of Jesus. In His name and for His glory, God's people say, Amen.